Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. I'm KC. And I'm Tyler. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. We have got another gear-intensive deer season archery prep podcast coming for you here. We pre-recorded this thing back in April on the way to go hunt turkeys with our bro, Chadrick Rice of Cruiser Saddles. Chad is the man, and he tells it just like it is. He says, it's like this, man, and it's like this, all right? You need to get yourself a Cruiser Saddle if you hadn't, because the season of 2022 is about to be one of the longest, the hardest, but the most enjoyable because you need to hunt out of a comfortable saddle. Those days of discomfort need to go away, so go get check out Cruiser Saddles. And also, Onyx is a thing that we use all the time. We actually have been on this thing on the road while we're traveling, scouting out this turkey stuff. We're Onyx Elite members, and you need to be one too because Onyx Elite members have certain privileges, as they say. They get the... Um, upper hand in some situations. And one of those things is the first slot season opener sale that's coming up soon. If you're on X Elite member, you get first access, first dibs at all the super duper discounted first slot stuff. So make sure you are an elite member today. Truck casting again. Man, we are headed to Tennessee to go shoot turkeys. And we're just slobbering over cool boats that we're seeing along the way and looking at cool creeks. Uh, but man, I got fishing on the brain, mm-hmm. but hunting's on my heart all the time. It's just gum it. It's down deep, you know. That's some good stuff. I right know, there, man. I'm about, I'm about to start t-shirt business. <laughs> you know, to, uh, I think it's like redneck poetry. Yeah, call it private land tease. <laughs> uh, so, because uh, I'm a tease, you know what I'm saying. Uh, so, anyways, uh, we have recorded some of these uh, podcasts to kind of talk about some different gear stuff, kind of on a real basic level because man people go nerding out about this stuff and just spitting off acronyms they don't even know what they are sometimes so we're going to talk about some different stuff in the hunting world 
that uh, might help you out. We've talked about broadheads and some other things. Or, I'm sorry, we've talked about arrows and some other things. Today we're going to talk about broadheads mm-hmm. uh, and projectiles. The head that's broad. To be exact. So, um, Tyler, yeah. what do you shoot your target? What do I shoot at my target? Uh-huh. I shoot a 125-grain field tip. Field tip. Yeah, also which is field point. Field point. Uh, just tips. It's uh, it's illegal to hunt with in Texas. It is. It is <clears throat> probably illegal. in most, if not all, states. Mm-hmm. So uh, you grouse guys that are be, you just better watch it. Well, yeah, I guess I would say I don't know. That's probably a deer hunting thing. It might um, be. But I, I think deer blades, can, deer projectiles have to be seven eighths. That's right. right? In so, most places. So I don't know about squirrel projectiles. Uh, so. Are all field tips? created equal no they are not they're not uh there are just like almost everything in this world there are different grades of field tip that can be uh, more expensive or less expensive mm-hmm. and now i am definitely on the wrong end of this interview <laughs> um, so i'm gonna switch this around pretty quick this was an interview <laughs> um i am the interviewer oh okay uh, because uh, i don't know a whole lot about <laughs> gear but i can say that they are definitely uh higher grade uh field tips and there are also different styles mm-hmm. uh where there's like uh, one that looks like uh, kind of the if you take a half of a football it just goes, you know, it just basically rounded straight to a point like that. And then there are some that kind of like flex in and then up straight and then into a tip. It's kind of hard to explain, but uh, you might know more about what those are actually called. Um, Dude, I don't have a clue. Uh, I think that some of them are molded to kind of resemble the aerodynamics of a broadhead. I think some of that's mumbo jumbo. There's also like practice heads that come with some broadheads sometimes too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of silly. Uh, but <laughs> I like them. Uh, I used to use when I back when I shot some rage stuff. Yeah, um, which is what I'm also creating by making that comment. Um, <laughs> I they used to have a, I had like a three blade mechanical rage. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, that was and, pretty slick. Yeah, and I, I had a uh, practice tip with that. But it, it really, what I like about it is it gives you confidence. So, yeah. you know, like if you're, for instance. Uh, I got these Grim Reapers that are a hybrid. It's got a two-blade uh, fixed and a two-blade mechanical. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you shot those yet. I have. They have a pr- they have a practice head in that package, and I like that because really? I don't technically I don't know. That. Yeah, oh. I, I don't know that that with those two fixed blades on there, I don't know for sure that that is going to hit where my field tips are. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I kind of like that confidence boost of being able to just go shoot it once or twice before you go hunting and be like, oh, yeah, that's it's hitting where I want it to. Yeah. Guys, and now let's give a caveat here. Um, if your broadheads aren't hitting where your field tips are, it's not because the broadheads are bad. It's because there is human error involved. And guess what? We all have it, okay? Mm-hmm. So don't think... Romans that, 3, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't think it's because you have you know faulty equipment. And it could be that your bow is out of tune or your arrows are out of tune or something is, is not good there. But uh, that's all still human error because it's something you need to fix, right? Um, almost every broadhead that is a brand name broadhead... Um, there's You're saying some, human error? Yeah. Like an error? Uh-huh. That's how I say it. <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> Sorry to cut it's you like off. It's like that. I um, had to throw it in there. There's some uh, eBay specials you can buy that I can't promise you anything on those, right? But most all your 
your uh, regular broadheads, your your name brand ones, are going to be quality enough to hit where your field points are if you can reduce the amount of human error, error, <laughs> human error, gummit, <laughs> necessary to make that happen. Um, so, uh, with that being said, there are different grades of field points. I like shooting the stainless steel nice ones. Uh, there's a real popular brand out there nowadays that has um, some really, really expensive ones that I think are kind of silly. Uh, they kind of look like, uh, uh, I don't know, like something you'd make out of Play-Doh when you were a kid or something. But um, <laughs> I like just, there's some that you can buy on Amazon that are, uh, I don't know, it might be maybe like Gold Tip or somebody like that. I don't really know. But they, uh, they're they're nice and they're not super expensive, but they are more expensive than the little like nine cents per one that you get at the um, bow, bow shop. shop. Yeah, I don't like those that much. Um, but they'll tell you at the bow shop too that those are just pretty much made to just get you on paper, you know, or whatever. If you're trying to really zone in, personally, I like to shoot broadheads at a target, uh, but that's just me. We'll what are the disadvantages of that of shooting a broadhead at a target? Yep. Uh, ruining arrows is the number one disadvantage. <laughs> the other disadvantage is you dull your broadheads and yep. you tear up your targets. That's right. So uh, targets last Tyler twice as long as me. <laughs> it's the truth uh, yeah. because I just cut mine up real bad. Um, uh, the advantage of shooting a broadhead at target is that um, you uh, can see flaws in your form a whole lot more because... Uh, just we're as, talking fixed blades, pretty much, right yes, now. Yes, right? exactly. When I say, yeah, when I we say, we might that, should have gone about this a different sorry. way, but we're we're in it. We're in it. Yeah. So there's essentially two types of broadheads. There are fixed blades, and there are mechanicals. Somebody's going to say, well, there's hybrids. Well, hybrids are mechanicals because they have some mechanical aspect to them. They just so happen to have um, fixed blades a, protruding. Yeah, they have a fixed aspect as well. Uh, so. I shoot fixed blade broadheads at my targets, even though oftentimes I shoot mechanicals at animals. But a fixed blade at a target is, what would it be like? It would be like um, having, you've seen those uh, like wiffle ball kits that you can throw like ridiculous <laughs> curveballs with yeah, and stuff. Yeah, what are those called? I can't remember, but it's, it's kind of like, like. Blitz ball or something. Yeah, blitz ball. That sounds right. It's kind of like having using that as practice for hitting curveballs. That way, like when you got to hit a real baseball, it's curved and it's not near as big of a deal. Looks like a four seam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's 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 so that's kind of why I shoot fixed at the target a lot because I can go outside at seventy yards with a fixed blade, and if I shoot and it doesn't hit where it's supposed to, I know that like I did something. Whereas mm. like you know I could torque my bow or whatever. Uh, with a with a uh, field point, it's essentially a mechanical, you know, same profile. And uh, you know what? By the time the air gets there, uh, it might all work itself out, and I still hit pretty good. And I'm like, ah, okay, that works whenever yep. there's something kind of deeper a problem there. But this is not a bow tuning or shooting podcast. This is a broadhead podcast. So we're going to get back to broadheads, um, back to the concept of we're we're, fa- we're past field points, right? We covered yep, that yep. Uh, enough. So back to broadheads. There are fixed and there are mechanical. Mechanical means something on that broadhead moves to make it function to its fullest, okay? Uh, that's kind of my definition. So mechanicals have a lot of different f- shapes. Um, 
but pretty much it's a razor blade attached to a point, and that's what a mechanical is. They that moves. Uh, there's retention for the blades, so like something holds the blades in place, and then whenever it hits an animal, it opens up some way or another. There are rear deploying mechanicals, and there are front deploying mechanicals. A rear deploy mechanical would be something like a Rage or a Mega Meat. A front deploy would be something like a Grim Reaper or a Schwacker. So um, basically, front deploy means that from the front of the broadhead come the blades, basically. From the front part of the broadhead, the blades start to open, mm-hmm. right? And so that from a rear, for a rear deploy... You're looking at blades that that kind of exit out the rear and open up that yeah, way. Yeah, imagine uh, like front deploys, like it has to cam <coughs> over, or rear deploys, it pushes back. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, and there's really probably arguments to be made for both. Uh, I can just kind of tell you kind of the negatives of each that is said out there. Like, this is what people say about them. I'm not saying I agree with these statements. The statement of a front deploy that people would say that is negative about them is that a lot of times they don't have good entrance holes. Um, I've seen that to be not the case. Uh, But I could see also where it could be the case, depending on a situation. (coughs) They also have been said to take up a lot of energy to get that cam over to happen. I think that you probably should have, if you're shooting a modern compound at modern speeds with a High energy, high momentum arrow. You shouldn't have any issues with that. Um, rear deploy. Okay. Uh, so the good thing about a front deploy, a lot of times, is that its um, retainment system is internal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always require like a rubber band or right. a collar or something. Rear deploy to keep the blades from opening yes. when you shoot. Mm-hmm. Right. So it doesn't. So that the blades don't open until it hits the target. Yep. That's right. And th- I know another negative that okay. you hear a lot of times about front deploy is. Um, if you're shooting at an angled target, such uh-huh. as a deer that's quartering away, mm-hmm. that people say that that blade, the near side blade catches first, and that it can turn the arrow and do weird things. I could um, see that being the case. I could I could see that being the case too. Uh, but at the same time, like it's the same concept as losing a lot of energy. Um, you probably have enough momentum and energy, or you should, to kind of overcome that. Yeah, um, and you can also much. take better shots. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I mean. I shot nameless quartering away with a relatively light arrow with mm-hmm. a three-blade mechanical and did plenty of good work. Front deploy. Front deploy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, thanks for bringing that up. I didn't really think about that, but that is the case. Um, now, rear deploy. Almost every rear deploy broadhead has to have a disposable retention system for its blades. Um, can you think of one that doesn't? I feel like, I mean, I haven't used a well, rear point in a while, but that Rage, rage no 3 collar. blade, yeah, they, uh, there's also some that the tip, like, pushes down. Mm-hmm. Aren't those rear as well? Uh, um, maybe not. Maybe. I don't know, but uh, that is one of the things that a lot of rear deploys have is some type of disposable um, retention system. Um, there's a Rage no collar, which is kind of weird. It kind of operates on some physics or something, and things like slightly bending or whatever which is kind of strange is the sever uh, that's a rear deploy considered uh yes so yeah and that has a band it has a rubber band uh rages have a plastic collar mega meat has a plastic collar um which you can redneck it to make some of those things work over once but uh 
I don't know. It's not not the greatest thing. Overall, I believe that front deploy broadheads are more durable than rear deploy broadheads um, because a lot of times with a rear deploy, you have to have a lot of holes in the broadhead to mm-hmm. or like slots to make the thing work. Um, Which can be you, weak points, is what yes, you're saying. Yeah. Uh, would you kind of agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I'm not. I th- like I said, I think the three blade rage I used to shoot. I don't think it had a band. Uh, but it was a rear deploy, and it should have okay had a collar at the base. Maybe, yeah. Well, I've always felt more comfortable shooting the front deploys. Yeah, and I so like I don't them. have a whole lot of experience with that. Yeah, but that's uh, those are kind of the two different types of mechanicals. Uh, like you were saying, there's two blades and three blades, and probably four blades out there. If I'm thinking right, I yeah, there's some there four blades. There's so many designs. Front deploy. Yeah, everybody's trying to reinvent the wheel on these things. Um, Meanwhile, Tyler Frills over there shooting them with Indian points. That's right. He's just napping his <laughs> own heads. Uh, <laughs> but um, the bad rap on mechanicals in general is that they are not durable and that things can break when you hit an animal. And that is very well can be true. So to overcome that, it is important to find one that you feel is durable and uh, I am guilty of for a long time shooting a not very durable mechanical. I shot Rage Extremes for forever, like a lot of us did. Those old kind of like puke green colored uh, feral ones, you know. So it had like a weak aluminum ferrule with thin steel blades, and um, it would cut the tar out of some stuff. Super sharp, right? <laughs> yeah. But just not durable at all. I mean, after you'd shoot anything, that thing would be cocked over to the side bent. Like, I shot a coyote and it was bent. You know, like, <laughs> uh, they just were not durable at all. And I killed some stuff with them. But mm-hmm. I also uh, can see where... Did you kill an elk with one? I did not kill an elk with one of those. I killed an elk. I killed two elk, both of which were killed with um, hypodermics. Rage Hypodermic, which is probably the most popular broadhead out there these days, uh, for good reason, because they they definitely work. Um, I have some things to say about them that could be bad, uh, but um, eh, they, they work just fine. Um, they're uh, rear-deploy two-blade. Um, nowadays, I like to shoot a little bit higher-quality broadhead because I found that those... A, on those, a lot of times you had to bend them to make them spin true. They'd be a little bit off on their center axis. Mm. Um, And also, the blades are just so thin on them, man. Like, you can just hit about near anything with that blade and have it bend. And you do that on a near side rib, then you're really, really limiting your penetration because you're trying to push something not sharp or not square through an animal, Mm. and it's just kind of tough. Nowadays, uh, this past season at least, I shot a uh, Grim Reaper as well as you did, Mm -hmm. and we really, really liked those. Three-blade front deploy, high-quality materials. Still some aluminum in there, but um, some high-quality aluminum. You know, not all aluminum's made the same, just like not all steel's made the same, right? You can set, like, some Craftsman tools, you can set them outside, and they won't rust for a little while. At the same time, you can buy those black sockets from uh, Harbor Freight, and then things will rust before you get them out of the package, (laughs) right? So, like... Not everything's the same just because it's called one thing. Aluminum's the same thing. You know, there's aluminum cans, and then there's aluminum airplanes. Which one's more durable, right? So, like, uh, the stuff, I I don't think I ever bent a ferrule, which, okay, let me slow down, guys. The ferrule of a broadhead is the middle part, that thick part, 
and then you have blades that protrude off of that, right? So imagine... It's typically a, thought of as conical or round, yes, right? Yes, like a field point is pretty much a ferrule without <clears throat> blades, okay? I'm not saying F-E-R-A-L, like a feral hog. It's F-E-R... <laughs> Two R's. R. I believe. E-L, I think. U-L-E. U-L-E. Ferrule. Yep. Yeah, that's Ferule. right. That's right. Good job, <laughs> sir. Um, so, um, anyways... Uh, Feral composition is pretty important, and feral length matters to an extent to that too. Because one of the drawbacks of those three blades that we shoot is that they're really long, and so there is room for failure in there. You know, the shorter something is, the stouter it is. We talked about that in our arrow podcast, mm-hmm. right? So whenever you lengthen that out a little bit, um, you do have a potential for the point to curl. Or something like that, bad to happen if you have uh, inferior um, materials, right? Now, what's cool about those that we shot this year, they have a carbide cutting tip out there on the end, so they're real strong on the end. See that scar right there? Yeah, perfect. (laughs) It hurts. Uh, Tyler's not the best at not cutting his hand with his broad end. I'm an idiot. I put a, I put it like this. This scar is still pink, okay. And this was done in mid-November. Yeah, I mean, and the year before you did the same thing, but with a fixed blade. And like it was like bloody. It looked bad on Instagram, but like then I had somebody when I cleaned it up. Somebody was like, "Oh yeah, it's not that bad." I was like, "No, you don't understand how deep it is. <laughs> it's like a small cut, but it's way yeah, up in there." Yeah. So be careful is, is the, uh, the main thing. Uh, okay, so blade attachment is an important thing to talk about on, on mechanicals as well. Um, it's a lot harder to see. It's much more of an experience thing. Um, it's kind of uh, a weak point of mechanicals, and where a lot of them break is where the blades meet the ferrule and whatever little pin is in there to hold them in there. Um, so you just kind of have to shoot one or trust your buddies to find out what is a good one for that. Um, they also have a weak point with the blades themselves. A lot of times they're thin, like razor thin, like a rage, where they're super sharp, but they're made out of low-quality metal, and they are not very thick, so they bend and they chatter and they hit a rib and they just are not sharp on the other side. Right? What's chatter? Chatter means... the sound? Yeah. Uh, it's what your teeth do when a big bucker is coming in. Um, chatter means, uh, like, say you take a razor, like uh, your kitchen razor, or your, not kitchen razor, what is that? Uh, your <laughs> bathroom razor, like what you're shaving your face with, yeah. right? And say you run that, like, along the edge of your granite countertop, so if you are nice, have a nice house. I have formica, and it still might work. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, uh, when you look at that razor's edge, it's not going to look straight and sharp anymore. It's going to have some little like Dips, waves valleys. and even little, little breaks in it and stuff. That's edge chatter is what that's called. So like, um, you remember the hatchet you played with when you were a kid and you got it for Christmas and it was real sharp and then you hack some rocks with it and then it had them big old dents in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's chatter. Um, so trying not uh, to hit your shin with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, I can't believe it. I had to go to the hospital with the hatchet when I was Man. a kid. Um, Jet loves when we go to Hooten's and there's tools, you know. Oh, like, yeah. Golly, I'm like, you know what that is? That's a shin breaker, <laughs> okay? You're not going to buy that. Oh, yeah. See, that's a finger slicer. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever it's seen like, one of those. It's like an ice pick on one side, and then it's got, like, the actual, like, hatchet on the other. I'm like, nope, that's how you 
<laughs> Come home with no feet. <laughs> no feet. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, okay, those are all problems with mechanicals. What's one of the really, really good things about a mechanical, Tyler? They shoot where your field tips shoot for the most part. Mm-hmm. So you can rely on the fact that uh, if you're shooting your field tips and and it's uh, you know dead nuts in the in the zone, that when you put a a uh, mechanical on there, it's going to shoot in the same spot. And the part of that is the fact that a mechanical doesn't have; it's not as susceptible to your flaws mm-hmm. as a fixed blade is so you may not even be holding it the same way or putting your tongue right or whatever you know but mm-hmm. like it's uh it's it's uh, it takes a lot of that out of it so like when you're talking about you know for another advantage here when you're talking about hunting out of a saddle where your form may be slightly different or you may be swung around or you may be laid back instead of standing up in your yard <clears throat> same thing if you're hunting off the ground could be a different form than you're used to uh, the advantages of, of a mechanical is that you don't have to think too much about the way you do it, nor have you had to practice for five or ten years to get your form to where it literally doesn't change no matter how you do it. So mm-hmm. for me, I choose the mechanicals for the most part because they are. that's important to me is to know, uh, like the main thing I'm thinking when I'm about to draw on a deer is when do I draw, mm-hmm. not hold this way you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so uh and i'm trying to shoot this deer before he figures out that i'm in the woods so that's why i shoot those i have shot fixed blades though and uh killed deer with them Mm -hmm. so um you know but a 50 yard shot uh has never been taken by me with a fixed blade yeah yeah i have with a mechanical so i guess you know that's the thing that you can also call an advantage to a mechanical is um over distance you're going to maintain that better flight probably yeah um whereas wind and other things form and stuff can affect a fixed blade i don't mean to go back and forth but i do think before we move on to other good stuff i should mention another one of the drawbacks with mechanicals is uh them opening before they are supposed to yeah that's a that's a thing i've never experienced except for when my mechanical hits a blade of grass on the way to where it's supposed to be (laughs) yeah sometimes they can just do it mid-flight so also a drawback there however not common yeah another Another, thing yep that is really really good about mechanicals i would say is lethality why don't you tell us about that yeah that's what i was going to say is cutting diameter for one you know i mean because you have a more stable flight you have the ability to um you know like for instance a fixed blade is typically thought of as a little less stable in flight right Mm -hmm. so if you were to take and make that fixed blade the same size as a piece of printer paper, you want to talk about flying a kite. You know what I mean? Like, that's that could be real wild. So you can only make them so big before they get un, really, really unstable, mm-hmm. right? And so there's probably, it's like, you know, with all other things, there's some moderation. There's a sweet spot for, um, or a sweet range at least there. So with a mechanical, um, you have the ability not only to make put bigger blades on there and still shoot fairly or very you know straight but you also have the ability to add blades where you can put three or four blades in a mechanical broadhead and essentially give yourself more cutting surface and so you know with a most basic say like uh with an indian point you know made out of a flint you've got two cutting edges pretty much Mm -hmm. and so if you're 
if your broadhead decides to go through that animal in a certain way and it, as it's spinning and when it gets to that animal cuts through it could slice i mean right next to a major artery and miss it Mm -hmm. but if you go in that same spot with a three or four blade you're going to hit it because you're cutting a hole as opposed to a slit yeah you're not cutting three slits it really does cut a hole like you are like releasing tension on a lot of uh, matter Mm -hmm. inside of an animal right yeah 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 makes a huge difference i mean i shot Y'all see this uh, come September, but I shot a, a big Oklahoma public land buck with a mechanical and put a hole in this thing. It's uh, it's pretty sweet. It uh, is cool, man. Yeah. So I think that's a huge, huge benefit of um, mechanicals, man, is just how well they kill stuff. And yep. especially when it comes to three blades over two blades. I think you and I are both going to agree on that. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's, dude... A lot of y'all remember this, but that old T-Bone Turner commercial. I don't remember even who it was from. It's like, I think it was G3 or something. Or, Probably. Or, uh, um, it was like, do you want a sliver or you want a chunk? You know, <laughs> yeah. It's funny, man. Yeah. Um, that's a funny dude. Uh, <laughs> it's a funny guy. But, uh, so, like, there's something to it. There really, really is. Mm-hmm. Now, um, there is there are people who should and should not shoot mechanicals um and i will i will say this as my opinion uh mm-hmm. you can not not you tyler if you want to you can but like you listener uh if you want to go against what i say more power to you i just would give you a warning uh, you know I've, I've done a little bit of this stuff and seen some of it uh if you shoot really light poundage and lightweight arrows um, you're going to have a hard time both with getting that mechanical to open. Uh, I think this XPO guy is about to hit this concrete barrier right here. Dude. <laughs> He's very getting close. so close. It's <laughs> making me nervous. Um, so uh, back on that, though, uh, you're, if you – a low poundage light arrow like a like a female shooter or a little kid or even, hunter. you know, maybe hunter or a guy <laughs> who can't pull back a lot anymore or just isn't very strong or whatever um, – Mechanicals take a certain amount of energy to open up. And if you don't have that energy, you're going to have a hard time getting that thing to open up sometimes. Also, mechanicals take more to push through an animal. Yeah. Like, they take more energy to penetrate. That's kind penetrate. of a, a whole equation, too. It's yes. like, yes, it's going it, to, it probably will open. But because of the energy it took to open, lots less penetration. That's right. That's right. So... If you're shooting a low-energy setup, and I know some people need to, right, because they just might be small people, or they might be young people, or, or shoulder whatever. injury, yeah, or shoulder whatever. Injury, whatever it might be, mechanicals might not be for you. Um, uh, if you're shooting a high-energy setup, you know, a heavier arrow with a high-poundage bow, uh, like, more power to you. Tyler and I do that and smoke some stuff doing that. Mm. Um, I think that would be kind of the... Is there another scenario that I'm not really thinking about, like, of who should and should not shoot mechanicals? Oh, people who live in Idaho should not shoot mechanicals, right? Yeah, Because they're not legal there. You cannot shoot a mechanical (sighs) broadhead in the state of Idaho. So wild. uh, At animal, at least. Which, yeah, that's crazy. Seems a little dated. It does. I can understand that in, like, 1991, but... Yeah, for sure. Or whenever they came Uh, out. So be sure and check rules and regulations uh, on stuff. Uh, Maybe... um, People who are hunting grizzly bears, yeah, uh, yeah, might not shoot. Yeah, the game shoot. definitely. Yeah, I mean, even you know, like depending on your setup and stuff, elk potentially. Yes. You know, we're talking mostly we're talking about deer here and deer and undersized game. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
I could see where I would shoot a fixed blade at an elk potentially. Yes. So, but what I would probably do, just me, this is my thoughts, is probably just shoot like the vector hammer, shoot mm-hmm. a heavier arrow, and keep, you know, and maybe not shoot the whitetail special broadhead that's a two and a half inch cut in diameter. You know, yeah. I might shoot something that's like a, a you know, one and a half or something mm-hmm. like that. And so I have a little better penetration with less friction on the blades. And then I also still can shoot out to 80 comfortably and hit that big old elk lung you know what i mean it is so nice getting to shoot at something that has vitals bigger than a five gallon bucket you know like (laughs) it is awesome yeah it's a cool part about elk but they do have thick hides and i can't attest to this because i've skinned some like or scunned them as garrett would say (laughs) that's right (laughs) Uh, like legit they have a tough skin Mm mm-hmm so uh, there's something to getting through that with a big mechanicals kind of sketchy. Um, so um, cut on contact would be nice to have with an elk, even if you're shooting a mechanical, something that's going to cut as opposed to pierce, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, yeah. uh, game, um, draw also, weight. Uh, you know, what else? people say, I mean, people would. A lot of people would say that a rear deploy is going to penetrate better. So, yeah. you know, if you if you don't feel comfortable shooting a fixed blade at an elk, then maybe consider a rear deploy if that yeah. doesn't scare you. You know, yeah, that's so, a good point. And, and honestly, like uh, Hunter's been liking those severs. Um, mm-hmm. And what's cool about them is you can uh, practice with the broadhead if you want, and tie tie the blades in so you don't have to go through a bunch of O rings. You know, yeah. but uh, they. They penetrate pretty pretty well. They're a little bit different than other uh, other mechanicals, mm-hmm. where it's based off of like the Ulmer Edge, uh, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there's yeah. different there's different options out there for sure. Um, but just those are some things to think about. Yeah. So, um, we've been going on for 30 minutes about this, guys. We we're going to do do both broadheads but i think that we should or i'm sorry we should, we're going to do mechanicals and fixed blade broadheads but i think we're going to split this up actually and do a part two of this where we talk specifically about fixed blades and the different advantages disadvantages and types of fixed blades that you can shoot so remember check out the other episode and remember this is your element live in it You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. 